Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've talked to him before. He's a good friend. He's coming at us from Loughborough University. He's an NCAA champion from NC State. He was a member of the London Roar, where he was a, he won multiple races in season one and two of the ISL. And today, we are talking about emotional intelligence with Andreas Visayas. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's always fun talking to you. Um, we posted uh, on our Instagram story uh, a week or two back about this project that you're doing for school. And it's super interesting because it's super applicable to being a human being, to being an athlete. Um, it's all about emotional intelligence. Before we get started, if you want to check out uh, Andreas's blog, it is called masteryofyouremotions.blogspot.com. That is mastery of your emotions.blogspot.com. Uh, so without further ado, Andreas, tell me about, you went to Loughborough, to, you're getting your master's. How did you come upon this topic? And uh, and what have you learned since diving into it? Uh, so it's just, the first idea of uh, going to sports psychology came around high school. Um, I had my first class as a elective in psychology. And I started thinking how I can apply it to like sports. Uh, it was my dream since high school to like try to find uh, a job that I can apply like apply sports into it. Uh, so I was debating between uh, sports management and uh, or like physiotherapy, I think the, or like sports science in general uh, to be a coach. But those were not like, not, it didn't fit right. Um, didn't feel like it was something that I actually want to do. Um, so I had that feel elective and then I started thinking maybe I should apply psychology and do like sports psychology. So back in the day, I just started Googling and trying to like figure out if that actually exists or if it's just something that I just came up because I, I didn't know. Um, and I saw that it was actually something that it was feasible to actually be a degree and actually work on that. <laughs> and, um, and I saw that it had to be like, uh, go straight forward to masters. So it, uh, it wouldn't be able to actually do it in an undergrad. So I was like, okay, what's the first step then taking an undergrad in the majoring psychology. So I started like planning ahead. Um, so I kind of knew what I wanted to do and I was fortunate to do that because I heard a lot of uh, back there and like still in the undergrad, a lot of my uh, teammates or classmates, they were trying to figure out things and how to do their passion and how to apply their passion into like a future job. So that's why I always felt like fortunate that I actually knew that I wanted to be a sports psychologist. Um, and then the, the dream started uh, this past September um, and it has been great since I, I still remember the first uh, lecture that I had. I was so excited uh, and it just blew my mind of like the, the application of, of, uh, of the degree and uh, literally everything because in first class, uh, the professor took a chance to actually um, talk us through the degree in general uh, and its applications, not only in sports, but also to clinical populations. 
because the full the, the full title is sports sports and exercise psychology. So basically, is how we can um, apply exercise and physical activity uh, into our everyday lives, and what's a, these are the benefits. And uh, the other extent is the sports is more about like the elite athletes, the performances, how we can enhance the performance. Uh, what are some limit, limitations um, that uh, about like stress, for example, or uh, anything that can just like um, um, uh, affect our performance. Uh, so that's uh, part of one of my assignments. Uh, we were talking about how we can use social media to influence uh, influence others and have uh, how to have impact, uh, just not like having interaction, but have that interaction through social media. And um, that's how I, I chose the topic of like emotional, emotional intelligence uh, because it's just, we were talking in one of the lectures about emotions, about emotions in, in general and about stress and uh, how these, um, um, they interact with each other. Uh, and both of these topics is something that I wanna do in my dissertation as well in the long run. Uh, maybe next year. So that's why I started to do more re research right from the beginning to have like a um, the first ground, like to set the ground in a way of how I can actually research and how I can do something different to be helpful for future generations of athletes and for myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, <clears throat> I, I love that you you know, even as a high schooler, you were like, I kind of, I kind of have this idea of what I want to do. And you tried a few different things and you're like, those didn't really work. I wonder if this is a thing. <laughs> and then you, and then you sought it out and it, it turned out it was a thing that people study. And I think yeah. <laughs> a lot of kids don't realize that and don't have the curiosity or the courage to just say, Oh, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try that. I think that's super important to do when you're kind of figuring out what it is that you want to pursue in life at a young age. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I even said that to like during the undergrad back at NC state, um, I had an internship uh, through the, with the counseling center of, uh, of uh, NC state. And uh, what we did was like peer education. So we were going to uh, classes in order to give presentation about various topics uh, concerning mental health. And uh, what I was saying to or at least trying to say in every uh, presentation was that it, it's okay if you don't know what you want to do. Like, and, and I like that the American system has that. So you are not obliged to have a major up until uh, your junior year, like entering your junior year. That gives you plenty of time. That gives you four semesters, two years, in order to actually go through various topics and fire, like various uh, sciences and to see where you fit in and how you can change that. Because sometimes as for example, with sports and exercise psychology, um, it wasn't something that I could actually take it and have it as a major from my, through my undergrad. Um, so I learned that it's something that I would need like an extra time uh, and have like an extra degree, maybe do a PhD later as well. But um, it's just sometimes it's, doesn't come straight away. Uh, it needs a, a little bit more time. Be, you have to be more patient, and at least you don't have to be afraid of 
changing ch changing ideas and changing um, your beliefs and your goals because that's really life in general, I think. <laughs> Agreed. And like you said, yeah, that having that flexibility can be a huge relief on your mental health, on just your state of being, because there is so much pressure as, as a young person, especially to be like, okay, where do I fit in? I need to find my place so I can contribute to society. And I think, yeah, <laughs> certainly in the American system, Definitely. you don't have to do that uh, for a while. And, and there is that flexibility. You know, my first year of college, I changed my major twice. And because wow. that's such a, that's such an important learning period of just what do I like? What don't I like? Where do I fit? Where don't I fit? Um, so that's, yeah. I, I love that you, you did that. And that was a part of your process, but yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about okay. the blog now. So uh, uh, <laughs> how it started. So I don't know, th throughout my experience, like sports, I have seen the long-term effect of like being active in general uh, like we all know that improves your health, like reduces risk of like chronic disease, like builds endurance, uh, which is something that we need, like even for the daily things or like go to the grocery or just like climb the stairs. Uh, so, but exercise is not just the, about the aerobic capacity and the muscle size. Uh, it's it sure like exercise can improve your physical health, like and our physique. But people who exercise regularly tend to do so because it gives them an enormous sense of well-being. Um, like they feel more energetic throughout the day, like sharp, like they have like um, they sleep better at night or like um, have uh, sharper memories and feel more relaxed and positive about themselves and like their lives in general. Um, so I try to apply that like more specifically to athletes and how we can enhance that like our performance. And uh, they're like various mental strategies such as like visualization or like self-talk or like uh, relaxation techniques that it can actually help athletes overcome obstacles and achieve their full potential and um, cope through pressure like with pressure um, out of competition um, so I I want to like that applies to like coping strategies and coping skills um, so um, coping strategies are like, um, they're constantly changing, like co uh, their cognitive or behavioral efforts to manage specific um, um, demands that we have. It might be internal, but also it can be external as well. And um, they're, they're like existing resources like to each person. So uh, it's more individualistic. Um, they're like, there are like specific uh, coping strategies um, that apply more to some people and others that they don't, uh, as for example, um, um, the, uh, I, well, uh, like the type of strategies adopted by each person, uh, to cope with stress is, uh, uh considered part, to be part of the vulnerable profile of that, uh, person. Um, so for example, as it says, like humor or like seeking support or relaxation, uh, or even adjust, it's just adjusting our expectation. And, um, one of them is also emotional intelligence. Uh, so by definition, emotional intelligence, as I said in the, in the blog as well, is the ability to observe our feelings and emotions, um, 
differentiate them between like differentiating feelings and emotions because it's, it's just something uh, different. And then I, I try to apply that um, and to our like interactions with ourselves, but with others as well. Uh, so what I did was like um, try to think, trying to think emotion intelligent as a coping mechanism and um, it, it can actually facilitate the stress and can use in like an effective self-regulation system uh, while encountering stress. Um, so for example, it, it, like there are research showing that individuals with higher emotional intelligence tend to use more coping strategies, uh, whereas people with low emotional intelligence, they try to um, avoid stress uh, an example to that would be if someone is afraid uh, of uh, giving uh, a speech um, or like in general public uh, speaking, if he has a class that the final exam will be giving a speech, he will try to, will, he will probably or she will probably uh, drop out of this class because he won't have the, um, I want to say courage, for example, like to go through the stress and uh, like give the final exam. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. So like, I wanted to investigate the relationship between emotional intelligence and um, its own elements, but also coping strategies and the extent of the emotional intelligence in order to predict the coping strategies that we use in uh, stressful situations. And uh, more specifically, I want to see that between like the conflict of uh, being a student athlete uh, after the four and still, I, I, I still consider myself like a student athlete um, I've seen there is a lot of conflict and there's like, you have to uh, prioritize one or the other. It depends on uh, the period of the season um, or uh, get, like change the balance between of them. So I think a lot of time it creates some conflict and a lot of stress of what should I do? Um, or like, should I ask my coach to have the morning practice off because I have a, a really big test that it can bump my grade up. Uh, or the other way, do I talk to my professor uh, to give me an extension maybe a week because I have NCAAs and it will be really helpful to actually focus on NCAAs because it happens once or it cannot happen. <laughs> Let's go flashback last year because of COVID. Um, so yeah, that pre that's pretty much what it was. I tried to have like my first uh, blog about that to see how like what the interaction would be with uh, uh, people if it, if it was something that will um, like people would like and would be interested in that uh, have some feedback um, and at the same time I want to uh, try to continue with the blog and uh, still like writing different topics as well to just to um, um, try to help and try to contribute more with like um, future generation of athletes, but, and in general, as a psychologist later on. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> no, 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 I, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the blog right now. It's, I mean, it's okay. super interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, your first post from November, it's just, it has a lot and it's pretty dense and it's so cool um, because it's just talking about, all emotional intelligence and what that means and how it affects us. Um, yeah. So, uh, sorry. 
<laughs> no <focused>. worries. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you wrote this first blog post, what did what what is you know for for our listeners, sum it up. What was the point of this first post, and, and what 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 reactions did you get from it? So um, the main topic was like um, like a lot of people they're not aware that um, emotional intelligence is something that we can build on. Uh, so even though we can identify um, our emotions, sometimes it's really hard to regulate. It's just it's to manage them. It's just it's a, um, we're so conditioned in our routines and in our everyday life. And most of the time we just forget the basics. And I think emotional intelligence was something, it is something basic and it's as important as, for example, uh, like IQ. Uh, really like going through like research and stuff, I really read something that stuck in my head. Um, like people will hire, like, um, like a corporation will hire you if you have high IQ, but you're going to move up the organization, like the, the company or whatever, if you have high, um, uh, like EQ, the emotional intelligence. Um, and that's just because when you inter, like we interact with, with ourselves and with others like daily and constantly. Um, so knowing how to manage ourselves and our emotions, um, an extreme example will be you getting mad and you want to just break, start breaking stuff. Like knowing how to control yourself from that and know how to like uh, calm yourself down before you do something like to the extreme, uh, that's really important. Um, so that, that was the topic, how to be able to um, identify that there is a trait uh, and that's called, that's the name of emotional intelligence. And it's not something that you are inherent, but you can also like evolve it and make it even better and then like learn from that. And how you use that in your daily life to everything, it, it literally goes to your interaction with your family, uh, up to your interaction with your coach uh, or with your employees or employers. Uh, it really touches like um, a big range. Um, so yeah, I, I really had like some really good feedback. Um, people really enjoy it. I remember had a couple comments that people didn't know how to actually put like what they were doing, but actually in words, which is something really important. Knowing how to say like what you do and what you do with yourself is, is it just helps the process to uh, maintain and have like to set the ground in order to evolve later on. Um, some, uh, but yeah, I think I think it just it was the beginning. So uh, a lot of people were not able to actually. Uh, or didn't want to actually go through the whole uh, blog. Um, so I hope that the next one will be more like interesting in a way to like actually uh, more people get involved. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, for a first blog, it seemed, you know, introductory and it seemed like it kind of did its purpose and it got people, some people engaged. But yeah. um, I mean, you said emotional intelligence, it's something you're you know like you said you consider yourself a student athlete you're certainly still an athlete certainly still a student um you know i mean make it make it put it on a an individual level how do you interact with emo your emotional intelligence on a day-to-day -day basis especially balancing 
you know, being, being an Olympic level athlete, pursuing a master's degree. I mean, yeah. what, how, how is this, how, how is emotional intelligence important and applicable in your day-to-day life? Um, so uh, a lot of, one of the things that I really struggled, um, and it took me a while to actually be able to do more often is, um, self-care. So actually, you know, just take care of yourself is, it, it sounds so simple, but it's so, um, difficult, uh, especially, uh, trying to manage, uh, studying for a master's degree. And as you said, training for Olympics, um, and I think sometimes I was uh, mixing up emotions or out of like, uh, I wasn't able to um, move on after like a bad practice or uh, try to forget or try to um, avoid thinking about like a bad race. Uh, whereas after starting evolving uh, my emotional intelligence and like, becoming more like in touch with myself in general, like my mind and my psychology behind the blocks. uh, I learned to turn the negatives to positives. So, um, and embrace negative feedback uh, from my coach uh, or even for myself, like be more uh, specific to what I think that uh, affect my performance um in in class but also um in the pool as well and try to turn the table and then um work for it so the next time that i have the opportunity i won't mess it up and i won't do the same mistakes um and to try to learn from that and evolve every day and every time that i have the opportunity and um i think that's the, the main goal after it how to be able to be better with yourself first and then um, uh, with others. Because as I said, uh, we have so many interactions every day with our like teammates, with our roommates, uh, with our classmates, with our family, friends, partners, everything. Uh, so I think it, it just, it's really important for like daily <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, my takeaway from that is that it starts with you, right? It's not about how you're swimming or how you're studying. It just starts with, with focusing on you and, and being kind of more open towards yourself and letting yourself have those feelings, whether they're positive or negative and then kind of of sitting with those and moving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because, um, it will sound basic, but like, if you don't love yourself, how can you, you love someone else? Um, and that applies to like body image or your failures or um, anything that you have regrets, for example, uh, on. So I think besides emotional intelligence, that, that applies more in general for mental health. Like you have to like be okay and like you have to love yourself take care of yourself and then be able to take care of others um i I think a great example is like when we are uh, on a plane uh in plane um and uh they give the security procedure they say that with the mask like put the mask to yourself first and then to someone else because if you don't take care of yourself first, you, you're not going to be able to help someone else. Um, so um, 
yeah, thinking is something important. And a lot of times, uh, as I said, it's, we're not we're so conditioned to um, be focused on what we have to do every day, our plan, uh, our jobs, our like what we're gonna eat, our like family and everything. And lots of times we forget about ourselves, like having a break. And that's why um, a lot of times we just have those like breakdowns, um, even even emotional, but also physical as well. Like um, uh, it applies, it can like interact with each other. So if you don't take care of your mental health, uh, your body won't be able to um, keep up um, like for a longer period of time. So at some point it will break down. And um, that's when we see, for example, people uh, try to uh, contemplate suicide or um, harm themselves or they're not able to, like they um, have like anxiety or depression um, that they, they're not able to like take a step. And that's when you actually have to um, take a deeper breath and have the courage to ask for help and see, uh, seek for help. Um, and I think it's really important to say that like, if you feel that there's an emergency, if you feel that um, you, you don't feel comfortable and you need to talk with someone, it can be um, for anything simple. Like if you feel that is important, um, then you actually should talk with like a, a mental health professional and see how that it can affect you and like see how you can develop and be better. Um, it's just better be safe than sorry uh, just to talk with someone. Um, even others believe that it's not important and you feel that it, it affects your daily life um, as it goes. It just doesn't bother and they're out there, they're ready to help and it's the job and they're willing to do that. <laughs> that's, that's sage wisdom. I think we've heard more and more athletes come out and talk about how important this is. Certainly Michael Phelps, Allison Schmidt, big proponents of mental health. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's obviously the tip of the iceberg, but it's, it's cool to sit down and talk about and hear your thoughts on it and, and, uh, and see your studies again. Uh, if you want to check out Andreas's blog, masteryofyouremotions.blogspot.com, masteryofyouremotions.blogspot.com. Um, we'll, we'll have to do another checkup and, and talk and get more into the nitty gritty of some of this emotional intelligence stuff. Cause obvious, obviously I think you could talk about it all day. I'm certainly interested in yeah. to, to talk <laughs> yeah, for my, more it's, hours. It's my passion. It's, it's my new passion for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, before we wrap up, we've got about 10 minutes and I want to, I want to just do, do a check-in with you as Andreas, the swimmer now, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, not Andreas, the student. So, you know, we've, we've had, we've, we've reported that the UK is, uh, as you said before, when we were talking, um, fairly fragile right now, especially with pools. Um, what is your situation just on a day-to-day basis in terms of practicing at Loughborough? Uh, so I'm, I'm fortunate that our pool, um, is still open so we can train. Uh, the bad part is that almost three quarters of the team they're not able to train just because of uh, more strict regulations um the coaches uh decided to do so and take the like the really difficult decision uh just to protect themselves as well but also uh not to crush the whole like 
team and have like uh, incidents, uh, new cases. Um, so I'm still training, which is good. And uh, we actually going to have our first uh, um, competition um, the second weekend of uh, February. We're going to Manchester. Uh, was was something great. I'm um, so happy that we're going to race um, again. But at the same time, I'm in a difficult situation. Whereas we are the next ones to get um, excluded if some if uh, things are not getting more like go the downside now, especially like with the vaccine. Um, they they expect to have like less cases per day, uh, but they haven't showed that yet. Like so, the numbers are still pretty high. Um, once they touch sixty two thousand new cases per day, um, and then I think last week we almost touched we, we almost had two thousand deaths for the whole country, not in Loughborough. I don't want to scare anyone, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> I think the numbers are like really high in general and um, with the new adaptation of the virus is still like everything is so fragile and I'm trying to be as updated as possible in order to um, protect myself and in order to take any hard decision that I have to, for example, leave the country and go back to Greece. Uh, at this moment, it's quite difficult to do that and I hope that um, if knock on wood, I will need that, uh, the door will still open like with flights and um, um, having only to quarantine only for 10 days and it won't go up as it is. Um, and I hope that if I won't be able to swim here in, uh, in England, I will be able to swim back in Greece. So it's still like a lot of debate, a lot to juggle. So um, I try to take it day by day um, try to protect myself first as, as much as I can, uh, sanitize anything that I touch, even at the gym, uh, wearing mask. And after I use an equipment, I just, um, like clean it. So the next person can use it. And then, uh, before I use another one, I just clean it just in case. Uh, I think that's the golden rule. Uh, <laughs> sanitize anything and stay clean as clean as possible for that and wear a mask for, for sure uh, but yeah it's just it's just I think too much for everyone um, and now that they opened again the gates that uh, the possibility that Olympic Games will might be cancelled that that was a little bit harsh but still uh, I'm, I'm keeping my um, high and my expectations high in my head up just to train every day and uh, be as ready as possible um, to deal with any obstacle that comes in the way um, and then just wish that Olympic Games will actually happen this year and they won't get cancelled um, so we can actually have the magic of Olympic Games again and get something like have like a, a white day like a bright day uh, in this uh, mess <laughs> chaos more proper word <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i you know i i kind of thought oh we've got a vaccine like things will start getting better and things are getting kind of better but they're also kind yeah it kind of you know getting worse and and uh yeah it's it's very chaotic as you said but ho hopefully hopefully there's some light um eventually uh Definitely. so uh these last couple months for you, again, just as a swimmer, you, you came off of ISL, 
uh, have you raced since then at all? Uh, we had some standups uh, during practice. Um, so I did a two, uh, two free, 100 fly, and then 100 free. Uh, kind of like at the end of the week and like a hard week, we just did that just, just to see where we're at. Um, had some good feedback out of like time-wise and um, from like uh, technique as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I'm trying to um to, to do right now um they say that it's just hard to learn to teach an old dog new tricks uh so <laughs> uh at this moment it's just really working on the details every day uh in each stroke because my main event is the 2am so i have to uh be as perfect as possible in each stroke um and then again i changed i completely changed my start it was something that I was struggling a lot. So now with um, uh, my coach Andy and the help of technology, we just have like a lot of videos, uh, a lot of footage of like just dive step by step uh, to break down and analyze um, the technique um, and how to just be faster right from the beginning and uh, just to save up some time because as we go higher, um, like with the expectations, you just have to be as perfect as possible, even in the small details. Um, I'd be hearing that even while doing with uh, like working with Braden, that's what it taught us. Uh, he taught us to like work on every um, detail and then just push the wall every time with passion and like um, just with dedication that you, you're going to win. And I think that applies to like our goals in general. We have to take it step by step and just try daily uh, for the best. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said, I think it's just really um, hard. Everything is so fragile right now. So um, I'm trying to be as great as possible like in in every practice and uh, try to push myself even harder um, in order to be better, <laughs> faster. <laughs> Are you able to train in the pool with others? Uh, yes, we, um, uh, I think we are almost 20, 22, um, from our group. Um, I have, um, a training partner, uh, for the 2am, uh, James, and, uh, he's pushing as well. So, which is, which is great. Um, but at the same time, we know that um, not all the coaches are on pool deck every day. Uh, they, try, they try to rotate and try to uh, change. They are in a really difficult position to just to um, protect themselves and the team as well. So we've changed, for example, our time schedule a couple of times already uh, and we they said that you know, we're gonna do the same if that's what it takes in order to keep the pool running and uh if new regulations from the country come next then they, they probably have to take like even more difficult like um um like um like ways to try to protect us and uh, keep us training as much as possible so yeah <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> uh, 
Well, Andreas, it's it's always good talking to you. I appreciate the check-in and and the uh, enlightenment on on emotional Thank you. intelligence. Appreciate. Hope yeah. that um, it actually helped. <laughs> <laughs> um, be- before we go, any any parting thoughts that you'd like to share about any of our conversation or just things moving forward? Um, no, a thing is just um, as I said, it's really important to take day by day and uh i think it's really uh, an important role just to wake up and smile and try to um overcome and go with what the the new regulations say um so i think it's just really important to to, uh not be part of the chaos but try to be part of like um like your own bubble first in a way that makes sense (laughs) a little bit (laughs) Uh, dude, yeah, be a part of your own bubble <laughs> makes, I think, more sense now than it ever has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, well, again, thanks a lot for, for taking yeah, the thank time, you. Andreas. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.